You are Locked On Wolverines, your daily podcast on the Michigan Wolverines, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Happy Thursday. You know what that means. That means it is time for the Michigan mailbag. Might be last week's mailbag, but it is here. We are doing it. Locked on Wolverines podcast, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, where it is your team every day. I am your man on the ground, Isaiah Hole, publisher of Wolverines Wire. Uh, she does not listen to or watch this podcast that I know of, but we are going to uh, start the show before we even get to the questions by me wishing my very favorite person, Sarah, a very happy birthday because it is her big, amazing day. I want it to be recognized. So there it is. Anyway, let's get to it. Uh, starting with our leaders and best. Again, remember these were from last week because we are basically doing it every two weeks, uh, but hopefully soon we'll do it every week. But uh, James Crudup at James Crudup 6. It feels like there's if there's an elite kid in Ohio, it's almost a foregone conclusion he's going to Ohio State. Uh, Michigan has to fight tooth and nail to keep their in-state talent home. Do you agree and why do you think that is? Uh, to some degree, yes, and also to some others, no. Uh, there ha- obviously have been guys who have spurned Ohio State uh, for other schools. Most recently, what's that kid's name? I don't, he might not even, he's not even a kid. He, there was that uh, Jackson Carmen. Ohio State thought he was a lock. He was an Ohio guy, goes to Clemson. Uh, so, I mean, that's maybe anecdotal, but it does happen here and there. Um, but... Yeah, it does seem like for the most part, there are a lot of guys that they end up going to Ohio State, even the ones where now, now it's not all the time. Uh, Kyle Kalis, obviously a famous case of a, of someone who uh, decommitted from Ohio State and flipped to Michigan. Um, and he was, you know, living in Ohio. I don't know that. I don't think he was an, like an actual Ohio native. If memory serves. I'd have to ask him. But um, wow, got <laughs> a weird gasp there in the middle. <gasps> Uh, But, uh, yeah, for the most part, yes, Ohio State does tend to get who it wants out of Ohio. Now, there are reasons for that and why Michigan isn't necessarily in that same spot. Big reason is Ohio is Ohio State rather has the state essentially do itself. There's no other big programs in the state of Ohio. Michigan shares their state with Michigan State. Uh, both schools recruit nationally, but yes, you do see that that kind of being the case, though, where, like, you know, obviously we just saw CJ Carr go to Notre Dame. We see, you know, we'll see what happens with Dante Moore. But, I mean, for the most part, when you look at the top guys in Michigan, Michigan's kind of gotten who they've wanted, and they've kind of cherry-picked who they've wanted for the most part. There have been guys that have spurned Michigan for Michigan State, Will Golston being, uh, being the one that's – you know, front of mind there. Uh, other schools, obviously, I just mentioned CJ Carr. There have been guys where things have been kind of weird. Damon Payne, that Belleville being uh, kind of that guy. You know, obviously, you also had uh, Devontae Dobbs and uh, uh, Julian Barnett go to Michigan State briefly before ending up at Memphis. So, you know, sometimes there's some extenuating circumstances, but for the most part, uh, and I almost kind of want to look. James is always at the, the benefit of being the first every single week because I go on forever. Um, I, I just want to see here if I can do if I can do this real fast, and I, I might not be able to. Uh, 
um, doing like top players by state. Let's see if I can do that. All right. I think I can. So, using 24-7 sports, uh, Michigan's got the number three guy in the, this cycle, in Cole Cabana. Uh, Jalen Thompson is looking like he's likely going to Michigan State. Michigan seems wishy-washy on him. Dante Moore is the big up in the air one. But I'm going to go back a little bit here. So go back to and of course it resets every time I change the year the year before you got Will Johnson he, he comes to goes to Michigan they missed out on Josh Burnham of course who ended up going to, to Notre Dame uh, Alex Van Sumeren ended up fli you know flipping but uh, I know that that wasn't necessarily Michigan wasn't heartbroken on on that per se um, 2021 just to keep things going here. Damon Payne, we spoke about, but then the year, or the player before or after is Donovan Edwards. Rocco Spindler spurned Michigan for Notre Dame. Again, Notre Dame's going to get some guys, but then they got Giovanni Elhadi, Rashawn Benny, uh, Raheem Anderson, Andrell Anthony. So, I mean, they got a lot of who they wanted there. Um, and just to continue... The year before, Justin Rogers, Michigan again was a little bit eh, on, Ju on Justin. Ended up at Kentucky. I shot his commitment, shot and edited his commitment video actually. Uh, Braden McGregor, they got Andre Seldon, Macari Page. They kind of again got who they wanted out of the class. Michigan's kind of been snipers when it comes to who they want in Michigan, and that was something that Alan True had said to me. Uh, two, about a year and a half ago, maybe two years ago, uh, in an interview that I did with him about recruiting, because we were talking about what we're going to talk about at the end of this show. The same thing is that Michigan's recruiting doesn't necessarily seem like it's right there where everyone wants, you know, like at this point in the time in the, in the year. And like he said, listen, Michigan is always kind of like picking and choosing the guys that they want out of the state. And that's kind of what they've always done. They did it back in Lloyd Carr. They did it back in, um, you know, Bo Schembechler. And, and it's not like there's always this like feeling that Michigan was cultivating like these big classes of Michigan natives. And sometimes that's true. If the, you know, if there's really good uh, talent, I think the best one that we can look at would be 2017 because, you know, like Alan had said, they always tended to get like, if they're like, Hey, we want like a Donovan people's Jones, then that's who they go and get. Let's look at 2017. Number one, DPJ, Michigan. Number two, Ambry Thomas, Michigan. Number three, Josh Ross, Michigan. Number four, Darren Irving Bay, Michigan. Jalen Kelly Powell, Corey Malone Hatcher. You skip one, go to Antoine Simmons, and then you got Jeremy Hall. Uh, then you have to go down a couple to get Philip Haya. So, again, like this is it, it, it all depends. And it, the thing that it makes it feel glaring is because you've got these top quarterbacks. And you would think that, like, okay, you got a top quarter, you know, a couple top quarterbacks, they're going to go to Michigan because they're from the state and it doesn't end up playing out that way. Yeah, it feels bad, but it's not necessarily a problem. Uh, but we'll see how it plays, plays out from here. All right. So you got like a seven minute answer. Josh Barr at Jadicky. Sounds like her baseball coach is out to Clemson with baseball being non revenue, but it's starting to generate more interest 
at the school. How much should Ward fight to should have? I'm rephrasing it because it was from last week. Have Ward fought to keep him? Listen, they weren't going to be able to match Clemson. I know they were like basically tripling his salary or, or doubling or tripling his salary. And baseball just matters more down there. Uh, Look no further to like the other wire sites in the in the USA Today sports media group. Uh, I almost never write about baseball because unless it's Eric Backage leaving, nobody cares. The Tower Tennessee site, Vols Wire, that's all they're they're writing about right now is baseball. Well, it was until they, you know, lost. So, um, I just don't, it's like you said, it's not a revenue sport. Um, you, you hope that they make a big hire a guy like Chris Fetter, if he'll come, if they could pay him, uh, if not him, I saw, I think Anthony Broom was floating central Michigan's or Western Michigan's co uh, manager, coach, whatever you want to call it. Um, I wouldn't be surprised. Brandon Inge ended up being the guy. So we'll see. Obviously, really good recruiting class if they can keep it. Um, I don't know if it's signed or not. I'm just, I'm ignorant of it, to be honest. Jimmy Whitner at Jimmy Whitner 1. What position group has the most future pros? Uh, he's got another question after that, but uh, I'm going to stay with the defensive ends because every defensive end, starting defensive end Michigan has had since uh, I think before Jim Harbaugh arrived has been pro even sometimes that third guy i mean literally let's go through it real quick uh so jim arrives in 2015 and harris chris wormley and taco charlton and I'll, you can throw in some other defensive linemen willie allen it's those so just defensive line we'll just say but uh all three end up being pros your place the defensive ends with Rashawn gary chase winovich Again, and they're all high high end draft picks for the most part too. That's the thing about it. Um, so th those two become pro. Aiden Hutchinson, Quiddy Pay. It's basically if you play starting defensive end at Michigan, you're going to be a pro player. That's just how it's going to go. David Ajabo, obviously as well. So yeah, that's to me that's 100 percent it, and I don't think it's even close. Uh, number two, biggest trap game on the schedule. Hmm. I'm back and forth in this because someone got really got got me got me because they like I said um, that it would have to be Illinois because the week before Ohio State we saw Illinois take down Penn State last year and uh, they also took down someone else I can't remember who um, but uh, they're good for that every now and again getting a couple obviously they took down Nebraska in week one but uh, they're they're good to get a couple and it's the week before Ohio State if Michigan's doing really well very easy to let the guard down so to me that's number one but i i do also kind of agree with those who have said that uh maryland because it's the first big 10 game it's you know the after three cupcakes then you got iowa in the next week but i just don't think that they'll let up for that i think they'll be up for for maryland they know the challenge that presents number three who leads the team in tds and sacks this season i'm gonna go with Blake Corum. No, you know what? I'm between three guys, Blake Corum, Donovan Edwards, and Ronnie Bell. Part of me wants to go with a receiver. I'm going to go with Donovan Edwards because he can do, he can do, he's, I think he'll get some running the ball, and I think he'll get some catching the ball too. But 
God, I could really see Ronnie Bell going off. I really could. I think Ronnie Bell is going to cement himself as a first-round talent. And you can save that this take for old takes exposed. I think Ronnie Bell is going to cement himself as a first-round talent. I really do this year. KRTF Farmer 84, which backup quarterback, not Cade or JJ, will get the most playing time this year? Um, I kind of want to go with Davis Warren. You would, I think it's hard to not say Alan Bowman because he's got the playing time under his belt. I just, I think that they're really impressed with Davis Warren. So I, I, that's who I'm going to go with. But don't be surprised if you see some Alex Orgy because I could just, I could see them trying to get him in into some kind of rhythm because I think that he he can do a lot, you know, obviously running the football. I think you take what JJ can do running the football in, and I think that element is upgraded through Orgy. And that's just speculation. But um, I, I do think that uh, he has that skill set. But I am going to stay with Davis Warren. Finishing us out in segment one, a supersized segment one, which we're downsizing the next two. Jonathan Joseph at J Joseph 2156. Do you ever see Michigan doing what Ohio State just did and telling boosters how much they need for NIL to keep the roster together? And this can't be what every, any, everyone envisioned for NIL. I feel like it's crazier than the NFL. Um, I don't think it is either, but I think uh, it is. This is what I expected, to be honest. I think... I don't know if Michigan will come out and say it outright the way that Ohio State did, but I'm sure those same conversations are being had. And now that they're kind of got they got the collective together, Valiant's also doing its thing, and there's a bunch of stuff going on there. I, I think Michigan's it, it's a slow burn, but I think it's it's going to look pretty good. Plus, I think that they really like the fact that, and maybe to their detriment, that they're trying to get guys that that doesn't matter that's not the top line and we'll see you know bold move cotton <laughs> I guess how that goes all right let's move on but before we do you know how our friends at built are always coming out with amazing new flavors well this time built has truly outdone themselves with their new mud pie flavor and for the first time ever built is introducing the new mud pie flavor in both the mud pie bar and mud pie puff not sure what mud pie tastes like? Well, if you're a chocolate fan, you better sit down for this. The new mud pie bar is rich whipped cream and chocolate mousse smothered in 100% real chocolate and topped with cookies and cream crumble. You've got to try mud pie as soon as possible, and you need to hurry because the mud pie bar and mud pie puff are only available for a limited time. Visit built.com to taste the deliciousness for yourself. Not convinced? Luckily, we've saved the best for last. It's actually good for you. No, really. All built products are low calorie, high protein, and low sugar. Mud pie is packed with 16 grams of protein and under uh, and only 150 calories and 8 grams of sugar. It's like your mom baked the most deliciously creamy mud pie, chocolate mud pie, and wrapped it up just for you. Mud pie bars and buffs, puffs, we're not Colorado here, are available at built.com right now, but they're going fast because they are delicious. Like all built bars, they are covered in 100% real chocolate, which means they're healthy and tasty. And what's great about Built is all their bars are made from collagen protein, which your body absorbs more efficiently and provides tons of health benefits. Eat something that tastes good and is good for you. You're going to love the new Mud Pie Bar, Mud Pie Built Bar with Built Puff. Whether you need a snack for your workout, late night treat, or just need to grab a quick bite, Built is the perfect protein bar, and they taste better than a candy bar. Chocolate mousse, whipped cream, cookies and cream crumbles. Stop drooling to get to the Built.com to order your box of Mud Pie Bars and Puffs now. You won't regret it. So that's Built.com. Use the promo code LOCK15 and get 15% off of your order. Use promo code LOCK15 for 15% off at Built.com. 
All right, we've got four question askers in segment two, and I think three in segment three, so, and two of them essentially have the same question. So, here we go. Jim at Jim in the North with our current receiving core is the loss of Worthy not that much of a blow? I'd say it it isn't. Um, would it have been helpful? Absolutely. I think, you know, the complexion of the team could have been a lot different in the sense even last year. But, uh, yeah, I don't, I, I, this is the deepest I can remember a Michigan receiving core ever being, where it's like they just have so many guys that are, can be relied upon. And uh, I'm really excited about the three freshmen. I've said it over and over and over again. I, I'm really expecting Darius Clemens to make an impact year one. And I think that Amarian Walker and Tyler Morris, more so year two, but I wouldn't be surprised if we see them. And then Andrew Anthony has potential to be a special guy, you know, and and it's just I could go through every guy. We did that in the wide receiver show. So it's it's so deep. It's the, the position group I feel maybe second most confident in. So we'll see. How is Elston at recruiting? Uh, he's he's a very good recruiter. Uh, you're starting to see that kind of work out with guys like Caden uh, uh, McDonald and Mikhail Gardner, and we'll, we'll see. We'll see. You know, you know, Etta is starting to get some uh, crystal balls for uh, Michigan after it was started to thought, think, look. I don't have words <laughs> like he was going to maybe go to MSU. He, he's he's long been an avid recruiter, but at the same time, it's he, he's not necessarily going to be like your top guy. But I, I think like you'll, you, you'll once once he kind of gets himself established as being a guy, you know, as far as like what he does development wise in Ann Arbor in particular, it, it'll all the race. It'll, he's off to the races. I'm mixing what my idioms right now. I don't know why my brain isn't working. Impressions of Obi-Wan. Uh, I'm loving it so far. I think it, it's a little underwhelming to some degree, but not in a sense of, like, I don't like it. I, I, I guess it's maybe wanted a little bit more spectacle to it, but I kind of like that it feel you know, you feel really close to the situation watching. I don't want to give any spoilers. I reserve that for uh, Jamie Morris's show on the M-Zone. Um, those are always fake spoilers, by the way, but um, I, I'm really digging it. Uh, I really wish that uh, uh, this isn't a spoiler, but like it, when he says like when he, you know, he's touching the wall and he goes Quinlan, I, I wish that they would have Quinlan in it. My own, but uh, you know, like my only real gripe with, uh, with the show is still, I, I don't like the grand inquisitor the way he looks compared to like that's not how he's supposed to look you know I know I, I just don't like like I know people have gotten over it I have it uh, my friend raced a Canis at Almighty Ray I've not been watching closely so is how, how is 2023 looking right now can they keep up what they did last season I think he means 2022 um, I don't think he's talking about recruiting maybe he is um, but uh, I think that uh I think that Michigan's floor next year is nine and three. Uh, I think that's Michigan's floor. I guess eight and four technically could be on the table, lose to every big team they face. But I, I just think that the offense is so talented, 
and I think the defense is going to be good enough that I would be surprised if they lost to all four. Hence, I made it nine and three. And honestly, their floor is probably ten and two. Um, I think the Michigan will probably go eleven and one. It just depends on what that one is, and I think there's still a good shot for them to beat Ohio State. Michigan's offense still has all the components that bullied Ohio State's defense. For all the talk of like, oh well, that Michigan lost all their defensive guys. Yeah, but they don't lose really. Like, yeah, they lost to Son Haskins. But guess what? If Son Haskins wasn't scoring those five touchdowns, someone else was going to, because it wasn't Haskins that was necessarily bullying them. Michigan's offensive line dominated them. They dominated Ohio State in the trenches, and there's pretty much no reason to think that that's going to change. They bring in Jim Knowles, who you know has a really good reputation in the Big 12, but he's stopping more of these pass-heavy offenses. We'll see what happens when he's playing man ball. Find out. I don't know that that... Sometimes defenses can be fixed real quick. We saw Greg Madison do that when he came to Ann Arbor. Um, and heck, we saw Mike McDonald fix what looked like a really bad defense uh, that Don Brown had in his final year. But I don't know that it's going to be that immediate. So we'll find out. Tyler at T Force One, T underscore Force One. Outside of QB and maybe Ronnie Bell, who do you think is the most important player for Michigan's offensive success this year? I mean, I'll probably got to go back to Donovan Edwards, but I mean, really, I mean, Blake Horham as well. I'm going to go with, uh, honestly, I'm going to go with Olu. I think that uh, he's uh, having that continuity at center and maybe having that step forward means Michigan probably will be able to bully people up front. That there's, because all it takes is one weak link, right? You can have four guys that are great on offensive line and one bad one. And I would think we already know all the other guys they have. I mean, we've seen three of them in action last year. And Trent A. Jones was right there, according to what they'd been saying. And obviously, they tried to get him on the field as much as they could last year, but just had Andrew Stuber ahead of him. So, and while I think it would have been pretty good with Craig Crippen being the starting center, if it would have been the case, I think it's a little bit of a different thing. And I think I still am kind of like baffled because, like, I saw go on to like you know Athlon and you know like I write for Lindy's as well and uh in their preview magazines they had Olu as being a second team Big Ten guy uh which is also uh well yeah we already knew that but uh I I think that's crazy he was like the second best center in the country and now you're saying he's the second best center in this conference and especially when that number one center in the country isn't there anymore which is Tyler Linderbaum hmm that's all I have to say to that. So, uh, I think Olu, especially because he, he can direct traffic, he can keep guys together, he's apparently got a real big mean streak in him, he can, uh, you know, do the protections on his own. I think it's going to be really good. Finishing us out in segment two, Andrew at EngineNerd97. CJ Carr committed to Notre Dame, and things are very up in the air with Dante Moore. Do you think Michigan fans are right to be so concerned about recruiting quarterbacks when we have four years uh, of eligibility left with J.J. McCarthy? Um, No, I don't think Michigan fans should be that. Like, They're clearly swinging for the fences with Dante. He's their only guy that they're chasing at quarterback in 2023. So... 
they're clearly trying to do an every other year situation. I I just don't, you know, if they don't get if they don't get him, then they'll get they'll you know their all signs right now are appointed them getting Jaden Davis, the five star in 2024. By the time that he arrives on campus, chances are he'll get a year with JJ. Chances are, and then uh, and then you know would be able to take over after that if he comes. But no, I'm not. I'm not that concerned. I, again, they're in it with him. They're in it with Dante Moore. I still feel like Dante Moore is going to come to Michigan. I think like it's. I think it's a very much like a Donovan Edwards, Donovan Peoples Jones type thing where it's like, when everything was said and done, that was just the right call. You know. All right, we will continue on. A couple more questions left here in a moment. All right, we've got just three more question askers left. Parody here as far as segment length is not great. I'm critiquing myself, but, you know, is what it is. Anyway, uh, Nick under, uh, underscore at Nick Fort 1100. Greetings, Isaiah, friend and fan here. Do you think JJ is good to go without the problem that held him out uh, this spring from resurfacing? I know it's hard to ask, but I'm sure you hear things. Thanks, Nick. Uh, yeah, I, th- I think it, he's good to go. And, like, obviously, if it was going to be so bad, they would have given him surgery. I don't think it was necessarily that bad to begin with. I mean, obvi- I mean, I think it was probably more of an uncomfortability thing rather than a, like, dire need situation. It seemed like it was kind of in a preventative type situation. So, you know, I'm not, I'm not terribly concerned, to be honest good news is is you know he's if if not him then there's Cade and not Cade then there's him vice versa so that's the good news all right the last two uh, are basically the same and it's basically what the podcast was about yesterday but we'll have at it again Charles Myers at MGO Mish fan again remember these were asked last week so it wasn't like they asked them you know after I did a podcast yesterday but, uh, hi, this is late, but what is up with our recruiting class this year? We currently sit at 31 on 24-7. There are six months to early signing day. Are we going to be able to make a run, or is this always going to be a lower class? And then Stu Gotts at X-Men 86, who is normally up in the uh, in the Victor's Valiant segment two, uh, only here in segment three out of necessity. Uh, Isaiah, what's up with the recruiting? I would have thought they'd be killing it, beat OSU and winning the Big Ten handily. I know it's early, but still. Uh, 2023 probably wasn't necessarily going to take, have that big momentum shift. Um, I, I feel like it takes a couple of years and I know like people are going to point to MSU, but I think that with MSU, it's more of a product, less of a product of them winning last year and more of a product of Mel Tucker being in a second year of the job, you know, and, and I think that's kind of how that goes. 2024 is the one I think where it's going to pay dividends. Uh, but uh, like I said yesterday, this is how Michigan's recruiting goes every year. Every year. 2019, 2020, 2021, now. It, it's every year. This is it's this big lull. And then I would bet, and there's a couple different guys that Michigan's in for that decide on July 1st. Colin Zachiampong. Um, I know there's another one. I can't remember offhand. Uh, that's also deciding on July 1st. I would bet that either leading up to that or starting then and going forward, it's going to be, you're just going to start seeing guys dropping. 
And this class is going to go from, what, 6 to, like, 15 overnight. That's how it's going to go. So, no, I'm not concerned. This is just how it goes every single year. If it wasn't, then okay. If Michigan kept on trying for different guys and then they end up committing elsewhere and just so close, then I'd be concerned. But pretty much everyone Michigan really wants in 2023, still on the table, still on the board. That's the big thing, right? You can sit there and say, hey, MSU's landing all these four stars. Okay, great. The guys that Michigan wants, for the most part, for the most part, not entirely, of course, are still on the board. That should tell you something, right? Like, they haven't decided yet. And I know that everyone kind of wants it to be like, oh, they just picked Michigan. They were super excited. It's not just how how it always works. It's not like I've said a million times over with recruiting. A lot of fans have this idea, like, as if it's like the, the, the kid, you know, once Michigan offers, the kid knows what he's going to do. And it's just up to us to coax it out of him. It's not the case, right? They're make Think about any big life decision that you've had to make. You know, sometimes you have to weigh on. You know, sit there and think. You know, I remember when I took Wolverine's Wire, when I took this podcast, I didn't take either immediately when it was offered to me. I, I, well, I actually almost lost the podcast because I took like a month to think about it. So it's, uh, that's, uh, Sometimes just how it works, how the world works. All right, we are running out of time. The camera battery's about. No, not the battery, the tape. That's right. The memory card shuts off at 30 seconds, 30 minutes. See, can't talk. This is why we're ending it. <laughs> All right, thanks for watching and or listening. We'll be back on Friday uh, at some point. It might be a late one, as if this one wasn't late enough. It's 8.37 as I say this. But anyway, thanks for watching and or listening. We'll talk to you again soon. Peace.